Let's go ahead and, and, and end off this series by faith. We are a note-taking church, so if you have your devices or if you have something to write on, go ahead and get those ready. And uh, we've been hanging on Hebrews chapter 11 for our by faith series. That's been our anchor, our anchor chapter. And uh, but we're gonna we're gonna skip over Hebrews 11 and we're gonna go to Genesis chapter 12. Uh, Hebrews 11 is considered the hall of faith. And so um, the author of Hebrews was writing to a lot of persecuted Christians who were scattered across the Roman province due to severe persecution. So times were hard. And uh, that persecution was just getting started. The emperor Nero was about to issue an edict to arrest and torture and kill um, as many Christians as, as they could find. And so it had just gotten started but they were starting to spread out across the Roman province. And in order to encourage the body of Christ, the author of Hebrews, he writes to them about these men and women of faith and how God used them in mighty ways and all these miracles that God did through their, through their life. But we're going to start out today with the father of our faith. And uh, at the time, his name was Abram. And it says this here in Genesis 12. We'll start out here. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. That's kind of that's not kind of, but that's how faith works. Faith is you go first, then I'll show you. you. You do what I tell you to do first, then you'll see then you'll see me come through. And he says this here, I will make you into a great nation. We're going to really hang on that for the next four hours. Y'all here? Okay. Just seeing if y'all awake. That's a awake check. Four hours. Jesus Christ. Our first time guests are like, where's the door? I knew this was a bad idea. It's, it's dark in here. It's cold. No, sorry. All right, here you go. Let me behave. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. So I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you influence um, you will be a blessing to others. Verse three says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. This is a messianic prophecy about Jesus Christ. Um, God, in this moment, this is a primitive time in human, human history. He's looking for someone that he can create a lineage through where he's gonna bring the savior of the world into the world. So he's looking for a man of faith because it is by faith you are saved. So in order to do this great work, I need someone of faith, right? And so it says this, my favorite part of this chapter says, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. That's faith. But here's where it gets a little crazy. It says, and Lot went with him. Now Lot is his hard-headed nephew. God told him, he said, leave your family. And he brought Lot along with him. You need to watch who you bring along with you. And, um, you know, Lot caused a lot of trouble and uncle had to save him a lot and all this stuff slowed him down greatly. And Lot's life went from a lot to a little. We may do a series one day, but it was, you know, he brought Lot and Lot came and it says this Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram was 75. How many of us know that God is not a beneath God? Um, God is not a God of failure. Um, 
I love it what it says in the message translation, Hebrews 11. It says that God, uh, because of all these individuals who lived by great faith, it says that they lived above the crowd. God isn't above the crowd, God. He's not a, a beneath God. Um, I mean, you think about it. Anything that you create or produce, your heart or your motive is not for that thing to fail. You, you don't do a school project and give it to your professor or your teacher and say, hey, here you go. Um, we'll be all cool if you give me an F. You know, you know. It's like, no, we, we, we want nothing. We, we don't have children with the idea of like, uh, they'll be, they'll be average. <laughs> All we're praying for is average, Lord. Not, nothing great, nothing. Don't blow our minds with this one. <laughs> you know, you're not creating kids so that they can be average, you know, and, and nor did God create you so you would not, you would not succeed. Um, God, God wants you, I'm going to just put this out here. God wants you to succeed. Um, some super holy people will tell you that God, God wants you to glorify God and Accept Jesus and go to heaven. They'll say, leave the success stuff out. God doesn't want you to prosper or anything like that. As a matter of fact, the word success is all throughout the Bible. Um, in Nehemiah, Nehemiah left Persia to build the walls of Jerusalem, and he did it in 52 days. And before he did it, he prayed. He said, Lord, give us success. And the Bible says that God gave them success. Um, John, one of Jesus's top disciples, he said, I pray that you would prosper in body as well as in spirit. The word just simply means to advance. God is not a bottom God. God is not a God of failure. God is a God of putting you above the crowd. And, you know, success looks different for many of us. Maybe success to you is a, a godly family. Maybe success for you is uh, starting that business. Maybe success to you is a godly marriage. Um, for many of us, all of that is all-encompassing. It's, it's a mixture. We, we want it all. We believe God for, for it all. And you should believe God for, for it all. I love what it says in verse 2. He says, I will make you into a great nation. Right now, he's one man. But he says, I'll make you. The Hebrew word here is asa. Someone say that. Y'all need to wake up. Say asa. Asa. So when he, Asa, come on, mama, Asa, she corrected me, Asa. So when, when God created the world, he created it through bara. Someone say bara. Bara is to make something out of nothing. So he spoke it and it came and it was bara, bara. But he said, Abram, I'm going to Asa you. I'm going to take you and make you great. How many of us know, go ahead and write this down, that there's a difference between potential and actual. There's a difference between potential and actual. There's a difference between the potential to be great and actually being great. There's a difference between the potential to be effective, Pastor Chow, you're looking good today, and being effective. There, there's, a, there's a difference. So right now, his name is Abram. Go and write that down, Abram. You, you wrote it, A-B-R-A-M. Abram, and this, this name in the Hebrew means exalted father. Exalted father. If you break it down more, it means father figure. Father figure. We've all had, many of us at least, have had father figures, be it an uncle or uh, a pastor or a mentor or a leader in our lives, a coach. We've all had father figures. 
there's a difference between Abram and what he's going to name him in the future, which is Abraham. So exalted father versus father of many nations. So I'm calling you to give me your life. I'm calling you to trust me. I'm calling you to never let me go because I plan to make you great. You know, a lot of people, we, a lot of us think that God is some kind of cosmic killjoy. Like he's up there, he's in wherever he is, heaven, they say, so they say. <laughs> and man, if I give you my life, you're going to kill all my fun. And you're going you're gonna to make me lonely. And it's going to be hard. Yes, all of that is true. <laughs> he's not going to kill you fun. But you will, at a certain point, become lonely. It will be hard. But, but it's all a means to an end. It's all a means to an end. Go ahead and write this down. You have a great calling on your life. You, you have a, a great calling on your life. I mean, think about it. Abram. Abram. I'm looking for one guy to start a lineage to bring my son into the world. Abram. One guy to start a lineage to bring my son into the world. And I need him to leave his comfort. I need him to leave everything he knows. I need him to leave everyone that he knows. And I need him to follow me, to trust me with his life. And then I need him to have a son. There's a great calling on his life. In order to start a lineage, you have to have a son. You have to have a child. He does not have a son yet. There's a great calling on your life. There's a great calling on on his life. And how many of us know that when you have a great calling, it requires a great response? Now, my, my wife isn't here. And if my phone was here, um, she's at baseball, Jay's baseball game. God forbid if she were to call me in the middle of preaching, right? She should be at the game, rooting the kid on. But if she were to call me, I would know that it would be a big deal. I'm preaching. I'm live. I'm here with my brothers and sisters in Christ. You're at, the, you're at the game with our kid. Why are you calling me? Because it's a big deal. And if she were to call me in the middle of me doing what I'm doing, I would need to pick up and respond to the call. There is not one insignificant person in this church. There's not one insignificant person in this city, in this county, in this state, in this region, in this nation, on the globe. And we all have a great calling. But this is the problem. It's the response. I wonder how many guys had God been calling until he finally got to Abram. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes upon the earth, will he find faith? That tells me something about heaven. Heaven is like, ah, I thought we had something there. Nah, they too focused on politics. Uh, they too focused on money. Oh. Hey, hey, come here. Come here, God. Talking, that's an angel, right? <laughs> come, come here, God. Come, I mean, Lord Almighty, sir, come, come here. Ah, here we go. 
you was wrong last week. <laughs> oh, wow. Abram. The problem is never God, it's our response to God. Because we always want the picture. I got, if I'm going to do this, what does it look like tomorrow? I'm calling you to something big. Like, you're talking about tomorrow. You're going to take your butt to school. You're going to go to work. And you're just going to, come on now, let me, come on, come on. You're going to go to school. You're going to go to work. And this thing is going to be a long thing, a long deal. We, we say yes to God, and it's like, oh, God, you didn't show up. You know, I said, I got to do this because y'all are y'all looking at me crazy. And I said yes to God a week ago, and nothing happened. No, let, let, me, let me get through my text because I'm not doing it any justice. Let, let's go here. So, okay, okay, okay. Genesis 16, verse 1. Now, Sarai, this is Abram's wife. Oh, it says that. There it is. <laughs> Had not been able to bear children for him. So I'm going to start a lineage through you, but my wife can't have kids. I'm going to do this great thing. I'm, I'm going to make you into a great nation. But you don't have what you need for, for me to do it. You want to do it right. This is your wife. Don't, you, you can't do it by any other means. As a matter of fact, if you read Genesis 16, because this is what we often do. I'm loose. This is the 1045, so this is going to be real good. This is what we often do. If you keep reading Genesis 16, because she could not get married, because this is what we do. She took one of her servant girls named Hagar. And she said, be with my husband. Hagar conceived a child named Ishmael. That's what we do, right? We, God, I, I trust you. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good calling. Great calling. God's good. God's faithful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Doing it for one year. Yeah. Following you, God. Yeah, I'm praying for that, fasting for that. Yeah, doing it for two years. Great. All right. Okay. Three, three years now. Been praying. You know, uh, let me do it my way. God, you, you promised me something, but you ain't. So I just think it's, it's best if I do it my way. Oh, we were just, where's Francie? Francie's somewhere in here. We were just talking about this at lunch, right, Francie? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about how we, 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 gotta, we're, we try to create a way. And, and so God said, I'm going to bless Ishmael and I'll make him into a great nation. But he's going to always butt heads with the rest of the nations of the world. And we know that he is the patriarch of uh, the Islamic faith. You, you see, what our, our decisions that we make in our tiredness, and in our exhaustion, and, and when we lack hope, it, it has generational, generational impact. And, and so this is another great thing, though. God is so gracious that even though Abraham did this, it, it, didn't, it didn't nullify or, or void Abraham out of God's promise. So, so come on, we can clap for that. God is still good. We can mess up and, and we can sin and we can choose not to follow God and we can mess the whole deal up, but he still chooses us in Jesus. Let's back up one, one, one chapter and it says this here. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. Hold on to me. Theologians believe that this Abram's about 85, 88 years old, somewhere in between there now. This is 10 or 13 years of no fruit, no evidence of God's promise. 
And it says this here, but Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son since you've given me no children? Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants on my own, of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Verse 4, then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars. Watch, I, I love this. Look at that language. <laughs> if you can. God gets a little, little snarky on him. <laughs> he says, uh, if you can. If you can. Because you can't qualify or quantify my plan for your life. They say scientifically we can only count, if we took the time with the telescope, about 8,000 stars. But we know that there are billions of stars in, in space right now. And so even today, if, you, if you've given your life to Jesus, the Bible teaches that you are a son or daughter of Abraham. There's some, I think, almost 3 billion Christians in the world. But Abraham couldn't have seen that. Because why? He's so fixated on his obstacles. He, he, he's so fixated on, on his obstacles. And it says this here, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Go ahead and write this down. You may have a great calling on your life, but here it is. Obstacles are not optional. Obstacles are not optional. I was uh, recently in Target. like to hang out there quite a bit every other Friday or so. And um, it's my kids, not me. I don't prefer to be there. Um, <laughs> so you understand. So we were in the toy aisle, and um, I'm not in a season where I'm lifting a lot of weights. And uh, even though <laughs> I'm having fun, it's baptism Sunday. Even though in the video I was pretty impressed, I had my sleeve rolled up. That was me. That was me. Well, anyway. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, we're in the toy aisle. And, uh, you know, my son, he's getting big. I'm not in the weight room like I used to be. And, and I remember lifting him when he was two and when he was three so he could see his toys. And, you know, he's five. He's tall now. He's, Dad, can you lift me up so I can see the toys? I said, okay, I'll, I'll lift you. <laughs> I lift him up and I put him on my shoulder. <laughs> he's like, Dad, why are you shaking? I'm like, son, hurry up. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm going to take him down and show you, <laughs> you know, because he's in this Minecraft season and he, he's on my shoulder because he's looking for options. I don't I don't want that toy. I, you know. And then, you know, we go to five guys now and our oldest kid, you know, they got the, the soda machine and it's great Fanta and and high C orange and mix it with Coke and mix it with Sprite. And I'm like, I don't want any of that. That's like instant diabetes. And you can have all that. I've been there, done that before. But he has options options he has options you know and um but that terminal illness is not optional that that bad diagnosis is it's not an option that that rough marriage that you feel stuck in you know unless there's been adultery or there's some kind of physical abuse. It's not an option. You got you to gotta stick it out. 2020, come on now, was not optional. You, you couldn't go into 
January, February 2020, go to the vending machine of life. Oh, yeah. Got 75 cents. Uh, I'm good on 2020, um, <laughs> good on COVID, but I, I can't afford, I can't afford what I thought I could afford in 2020, so it's not an option. We are where we are, it, it, and, and, and so what I've come to find out is that Abraham is fixating on the fact that he cannot have a son. God, I'm trying to obey you. I'm trying to follow you. I'm doing the church thing. I'm doing the Bible thing. I'm, I'm even, Lord, I never even given. I'm doing my offering and my tithe. I'm serving. I'm going to Super Steps next month, Lord. You know, I'm, I'm doing everything that the pastor with the funny looking shirt tells me to do. But I, I can't, I, you're going to have to do something about it. He can't have a son and it's not his choice. You ever found yourself in that position? Where no matter what you do, every morning you wake up, there's that same obstacle. It hasn't moved. It hasn't budged. It ain't going nowhere. And what I've come to find out is that when we fixate ourselves on our obstacles, it's almost like we put a magnifying lens on them. And you know what magnifying lenses do, right? They make things look bigger than what they truly are. So, so Abraham has a... Abram, he hasn't gotten the promotion yet. He needs to keep moving by faith. Abram has a magnifying lens on the fact that he cannot have a child. And so God, by the power of his spirit, he says, give me this magnifying lens. He says, let me take you outside and adjust your lenses. Now look up in the sky and count the stars if you can. That's the essence of faith. Have you, have you seen it in the spirit, Manny? Have, have you seen God's promise? God's goodness in the land of the living? You're not in it yet. It hasn't been manifested yet. It's not tangible yet, but he's shown it to you. And what we said earlier, great promises, great calling, all of it requires a response, and the response is faith. And in that moment when God changed his lenses from the problem to the possibility, we understand faith says that obstacles are things that can be overcome. Faith says that obstacles are things that can be overcome because now he's fixating on the stars. I mean, man, I remember when God called us to move here, and I'm like, Start a church in Maryland. Wow. Lord, outside of the Bible Belt? Like, I'm in Florida. We can do this thing right here. Georgia, we can do South Carolina. No, he said, no. Start a church in Maryland. Okay, and, and this was in 2014. He gave me the vision in 2012. What I had to go back to is the vision in 2012, where I saw dark rooms packed with people. You got, 
if you've seen yourself free from the addiction, you fixate on that. If you've seen yourself living a life of purpose, you fixate on that. If you've seen yourself making a difference in your city, you fixate on that. If you've seen yourself on the top, you fixate on that. Faith says that it, it, it can be, it can be overcome. And, and, but this is the thing. Go ahead and write this down. Overcoming is optional. Overcoming is optional. Love this location. Granary Row. Overcoming is optional. Is, doesn't that suck? Obstacles are not optional. But overcoming is. No, 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 it, it, it is. It means that you can either overcome or you don't have to. I, I was I was in Florida two months ago with my boys driving the bikes and it was summer and I don't know why Judah put on jeans. You don't put on jeans. I'm like, son, I got experience in Florida heat. You, you don't put on jeans. You understand this, Trevor, <laughs> in summer weather and ride a bike. You just don't do it. And so we're halfway around the neighborhood. We're at our in-laws. And Judah just starts crying. Oh, I'm so tired. It's so hot. <laughs> My son, like, we're halfway there. Just, just keep on. Keep, keep, keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. We're almost there. And about, you know, another quarter or so. Oh, I quit. Ah. Throws his bike down and he walks. Ah, he got this funny walk. He's funny. He's, he's funny. <laughs> you saw him the other day at school. He was like, Judy, he's so cute. Look at his butt. I'm like, okay, Susan, you watch it. No. He is cute. He is super cute. Love Judah. Love Judah. He's, he's a thrill. And um, he made it. His father-in-law told me the week before, though, because we left him down there for almost a month. He said, um, yeah, I mean, last week he, he made it around twice. The whole time. He started crying a couple times back, but he made it. I don't know why he's not going in you here. He, he had the option to, to make it with me, but he chose not to. He, he has to, you know, he didn't want to make it. He made it. He made it. He didn't make it. You always have the option to overcome your obstacles. And I believe the Holy Spirit is telling me a lot of you are on the brink of quitting in your faith. You're considering, you're considering spirits and palm readers invoking the ancestors of the, you're considering some crazy stuff right now. You, you, you want to quit? I want to encourage you with this. Whenever you're, you're looking at the options to quit, go ahead and remember this. Faith plus obstacles equals development. Write that down. Faith plus obstacles equals development. I'm trying to break down this, this big theological idea of, go ahead and write this down, sanctification. Because you think that God has called you just to give you things. <laughs> Watch this, Genesis 12. I'm going to make you great. I'm this is the father of our faith. All right, and so the, the New Testament says this. It says that uh, if you've believed in Christ, everything that God has promised Abraham is yours. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to give you influence. I'm going to do all these. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going to do all these things. And we think, yes, God, bring it. 
Bring it. Bring it. Bring it into my life. Bring it. I want it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. But there's a process to all of that stuff. I got a production team saying, wow. You think God is just going to give you something. No, 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 no. I, I would fail you as, a, as, as your, your pastor, if I am your pastor. I would not love you well if I were just stand up here and say, God just wants to do all this and do all that and do that and do this and do that and do this. He does. But, but I love the language of equations. Watch me. Pull that back up. Faith plus obstacles equals development. Lord, it's been 15 years. I haven't had a son yet. I said yes. Watch this. The language of equations. You can have obstacles, but if you don't have faith through the obstacles, there's no growth. We're reading it, right? He's scared. He hasn't had a kid yet. He's God's man, right? Okay, you can have faith. I, I did the thing. I raised my hand. I did what the pastor told me to do. I gave my life to Jesus. But if you don't have obstacles, there's no growth. Whenever you're tempted to quit, understand that that obstacle is there to develop you. Lord, we've been trying, but, but this is what I've come to find out a long time ago. Faith asks two very important questions when you're facing something that you don't prefer to face. It asks two very important questions. Write this down. Faith asks, number one, what is God teaching me? What is God teaching me? He's not hurting you. He's not. But he's trying to teach you, teach you something. It says this here in Psalm 144, verse 1. Here it is. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. I love that. Go ahead and write that. He, here it is. He trains my hands and he gives my fingers skill for battle. Is that a fire alarm? Amber alert. Okay. I, I'm, I just want to make sure that if we got to go, we got to go. <laughs> Lord, we pray for the child in Jesus' name. Find the child. Um, he trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. Have you guys ever heard of the spoils of war? The spoils of war. An obstacle can be seen as a war. But what God does is, is he, he trains your hands for the war and he gives you skill for the battle. What, what, come on now, press into this. What is he teaching you right now? That's what faith asks. What, what is he teaching you about you? About the way I think, about the way I process things. If you're married, about how you're treating your spouse, about how you budget your money. What is he teaching you about your need to pray a little bit more and trust him a little bit more? What is he teach? What is he teaching Abraham? He's teaching Abraham to continue and persist in faith. It's been 15 years. Lord, I'm almost 90 years old. When are we going to have this child? 
Faith asks, what is God teaching me? And I'm going to just tell you this. Life is cyclic. We'll continue to run into the same issues until we learn the lesson that God is trying to teach us. So a lot of obstacles can be overcome if we just learn the lesson. Then, then here it is. Here it is. Check this out. Romans 15, 4. Here it is. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. Someone say that. To teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for the Lord's promises to be fulfilled. This is why Hebrews 11 has been your homework all month. I've wanted you to read those characters so that you can see that it was hard to build that boat for 100 years. And as we read Father Abraham, Father Abraham, as we read his story. And I've been trying so hard at this one thing. So did Abraham. And as we read about Enoch, who God took to heaven at the age of 365 years old. 300 years of serving God. It it teaches us that in this Insta generation where we can log on and just see what we want to see and laugh at what we want to laugh at and have what we want to have. And, oh, my God, that's so funny. I'm going to like it. Oh, my God, they're so successful. That family's so beautiful. This teaches us that Instagram is is not reality. And so we read this, and it gives us Hope. What is God teaching me? The second question faith asks is this. What is God doing in me? What is God doing in me? I want it to be more encouraging. Is this encouraging? Okay. I, 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 I want it to be, but God said this is where we're going. What, what is God doing to me. This rubber band represents your, Pastor Chow, come on up. This rubber band represents, Trevor, come on up. This rubber band represents our lives. What is, and, and it represents our potential. What is God doing in me? Great calling on your life. Great destiny. Great purpose. But it, it comes at a, at a price. Pastor Chow, pull that. Uh, Trevor, come on over. Pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it, pull it. What is God, what is God doing in me? Let it go? Don't snap me now. (laughs) You'll lose all influence in this church if you snap my fingers. I'm playing, I'm playing, chill, I'm hungry. Um, I need to hurry up. You can't fit much in here. Bless you, make you great, make you into a great nation. Can't fit a nation in there. Can't bring Jesus through here. Can't touch the world through here. You can't can't have a lot of influence in here. Pull it again. Come on, y'all ain't doing it now. Pull it. Pastor Child, go right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you now turn it towards. You can fit a lot more. You can fit a lot more in there. Come on, put your, you can, you can fit a lot more 
and there. Th- this is what I've got. No, no, stretch this thing out. I'm not done. Go ahead, write this down. If we forego the stretching, then we forfeit the blessing. You can fit a lot more in here. You forego the stretching of 2020. God told me last night, he said, you forego the blessing of 2021 and of 2022. Thank you, guys. Go ahead and give these gentlemen a hand. Don't snap me now. Thank you. And, and so people, by, by God's grace, and it's, if you do research, the, the top 500 most famous pieces of art in human history by the top 42 artists, they all took an average of 10 years to reach critical acclaim. Um, it, it takes time and stretch. What is God doing in me? What is God removing from me? What is God attempting to reveal to me about me as he makes me great by faith? I'll just be transparent. Um, Impatience is one for me. I lack grace for people. Yes, your pastor struggles with having grace for people because I'm such a, a pusher and a mover and a forward mover. God has said, I'm, I'm removing that out of your life. You need to give people grace. What is God doing in me? Don't forego the stretching in this season. Don't, don't forego it. Don't forego it. Don't forego it. A lot of people will say, uh, Pastor Josh, you're, you're young and the church is growing so fast and, and, and blah, 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 your, your family. What I like to say to that is been following Jesus for 14 years. Didn't even want to be a pastor. Still question my calling today. <laughs> Didn't want to be a pastor. But I, but I tell people all the time, that's 14 years so far, and that may not seem long to a lot, a lot of people in here, and that's okay. But, but that's almost half of my life. That's 14 years of, of crying. That's 14 years of rejection. That's 14 years of loneliness. That's 14 years of pain. That's 14 years of being misunderstood. That's 14 years of fasting. That's 14 years of praying. That's 14 years of changing my friendships to follow and to honor God. That's 14 years of of sexual purity. That's 14 years. Stretching. What is God doing in you? What is he? Put in the time and and be stretched. Let's go to Genesis 17, 1, 1 through 2. It says this here, when Abraham, let's get on out of here. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. After 24 years of not showing up, God still has the audacity to show up and say, serve me. (laughs) It's like, I've been doing this 24 years. Verse two, I will make a covenant, a promise to you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. Now, this is my thought. I think Sarah has already conceived their child. Because a few more verses down here, Genesis 21, verses 1 through 2, it says this here, The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant. She gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened, here it is, just at just the, the time God had said it would. 
Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Going to write this down. Faith is a lifetime lifestyle. Faith, as we close it out, faith is a lifetime lifestyle. Thus, what God is doing in you now is preparing you for what's next. After 24 years, I believe when God finally came in and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty, serve me, live blamelessly. I believe she was already pregnant. And that very next year, the child was born. Don't put a deadline on what God is doing in your life. Faith is a lifetime lifestyle. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to God. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. God, God took me outside in 2019. He didn't, just figuratively speaking, and showed me the stars. And, and I'm telling you, I, I come into 2020 and it's like, 20, this is not what you showed me for 20, for 2020. This is not what, do, am I by myself? Or do I have a, just a show of hands? You don't got to clap about this. You don't got, but, but yeah, this is not what you showed me for 20, 2020. But, but what I come to find out is, is that though it didn't happen in 2020, come on now, Chris, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen just not in 2020 so 2020 has been the year of learning and developing then go ahead and write this down success may not be overnight but it is guaranteed it is guaranteed that's what God's trying to build in our generation endurance perseverance the Bible says that if you let if you let the trials have their way you're going to grow in endurance and perseverance and after the trials and the burdens have had their way after God has processed you you will be lacking nothing that's James the brother of Jesus Jesus must have taught him that it may not be overnight but it is guaranteed and then number three, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The author and finisher of your faith. So after we get through Hebrews 11, he goes into Hebrews 12 and he said, let us lay aside everything that slows us down. Even the sin that so easily besets us. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of of our faith for the joy for the joy that was set ahead of him he endured the cross i know it's hard i know it's tough but there's a joy on the other side of the cross and that's god raising you from the bottom and blessing your life and moving you forward all for his glory put your hands together i know it's hard i know it's tough but there's a joy there's a joy. Press in. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your faithfulness. 
We thank you, Lord, for your salvation and the promise of your word, God. We thank you for Father Abraham, the example that he set forth of faith. God, I pray that if there's anyone in here struggling to have courage to trust you, God, that you would give that courage to them to step out on faith, to take you at your word, God. Bless, Lord. If there's anyone in here who does not know Jesus as your personal savior, I want to give you an opportunity right now to come to Christ. And it's simply by by simple prayer, by faith. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, that Jesus died and that God rose him, raised him from the grave, you shall be saved. So if you would just pray with me and say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I thank you for shedding your blood for the forgiveness of my sins. I thank you for rising from the grave so that I would not have to experience death. I turn from my past Make me new. Give me the gift of your spirit. I am yours. And give me the grace to follow you all the days of my life. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you so much, church. Thank you, guys.